0: To In Search of Insight with Nootropics Depot. I'm your host, Erica, or Nootropics Depot Guru, on Reddit, and sitting next to me is our product specialist, Emil.
1: Hey, everyone, and you might also know me as Pretty Chill on Reddit.
0: We were so pleased at your warm reception of last month's podcast episode on Tart Cherry, our very first episode of In Search of Insight. And we were so excited to see that you were enjoying it, getting a lot out of the information we were able to share with you. And we wanted to give you an opportunity to ask questions to help shape this month's episode of In Search of Insight. So the thread that we started where you're asking us questions really helped us to form kind of the overall arc of this month's podcast. We're talking about Andrographis paniculata.
1: Yeah, and those questions were really good because it helped give me some further research directions to look into. And I think because of some of these questions, I went down a rabbit hole that delivered some pretty groundbreaking results, which we will discuss later in the podcast.
0: Thanks for participating, and thank you again for listening and coming back to this second episode of In Search of Insight. Before we dig into all of the details and the exciting research that Emil has uncovered about andrographis, we just wanted to remind you that if you ever have questions or you want to start a discussion, you're curious about um, the development, or the research that we do behind the scenes for the podcast, or for other aspects of Nootropics Depot, you can always start a post thread on Reddit and tag us, tag Pretty Chill, or me, Nootropics Depot Guru, and we'd be happy to chat with you. So I think it's about time to get into it. We're talking about Andrographis paniculata today, the king of bitters, and tackling inflammation.
1: Yeah, so Andrographis paniculata is a is a fascinating plant, and. The King of Bitter's name is really true to to how it tastes. It, it's incredibly bitter, it's disgusting. I opt out of the powder for that reason and just take the capsules. But if you're really into super, super bitter things, maybe you are an uh, Amaro or fernet enthusiast then this one might be for you in the powder form. But the bitterness, obviously, is not the most important thing here, the thing here is that andrographis has some fascinating effects, but before we get into that, let's just kind of discuss what andrographis is and where it's from. So andrographis is native to Southeast Asia, specifically it seems to come from India, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, and Thailand, and that's where its use is quite high, especially in Malaysia and Thailand.
0: And in my research, andrographis has been used for thousands of years in traditional Ayurvedic practices and traditional Chinese practices.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Another thing about andrographis is that it's a very dark, leafy green. Um, and while the roots and different parts of the plant do have um, you know, benefits, the leaf is really what we're focusing on and uh, typically what we're looking at when we're thinking about the active compounds in andrographis.
1: Ah, perfect. This actually answers one of our first questions that we got on Reddit. So I'll try to pronounce this Reddit name. It's a little tough for me. Let's see. So 2020 Chris Ngaethiart, hope that's correct, asked, does ND use stem, leaf, or both in its andrographis extract? So as Erica put really well, most of the bioactives are in the leaves, so we're using just the leaves.
0: So now we're getting into the fun part of the podcast, which is talking about the specific bioactives in andrographis. So Emil, give us a breakdown. What are we looking for in these dark leafy parts of the andrographis paniculata?
1: It's a bit of a tough question because there's a lot of bioactives in andrographis, but there is a class of compounds called andrographolides, and that's what we're standardizing our extract for. So our extract contains a really large percentage, too, of these compounds, 50%. So, within the class of andrographolides, there's a few different ones. Uh, one of them is actually just andrographolide, and then you have neoandrographolide, 14 deoxyandrographolide, 14 deoxyneoandrographolide, uh, and a really interesting compound, which we will be spending quite a bit of time on today, is bisandrographolide.
0: Okay, so now that we know a little bit more about what active compounds are in andrographis, you gave us a nice little segue, Bis andrographolide. What's going on with that compound? What is it and why is it so special and why are you getting so excited about it?
1: I'm getting excited about it because I'm a nerd. Uh, <laughs> and
0: truth, <laughs> I
1: get really excited about these compounds. So the main reason I'm excited about this is because it helped me answer A reddit question that was actually a really tough one to answer and it took me a a long time to really put all the pieces together to get to a working theory as to why andrographis promotes sleep so this was a question by savage detective and the question was anecdotally and with some confirmation from my ura ring Andrographis paniculata seems to greatly improve my sleep quality when taken before bed. What mechanism might be responsible for this? So this really sent me down quite a few rabbit holes because I thought, yeah, perhaps it could be inflammation related, but there's a lot of different plant extracts that interact with inflammation and I don't really see those plant extracts for example curcumin necessarily promoting sleep quality in the way andrographis does because i hear it in this question but when we talked about it around the office a lot of people are reporting this effect so i decided to dig a little bit deeper one of the things that i found was that bisandrographolide is a trpv4 agonist so this is a pretty special receptor. It's in the class of vanilloid receptors, and you're probably already intimately familiar with one of these receptors, the TRPV1 receptor. If you've ever eaten a chili pepper, and Erica, have you ever eaten a chili pepper?
0: I have eaten quite a few chili peppers, um, primarily from being convinced to do it by uh, Pretty Chill, um, because apparently and. I can also confirm from my own experience, they do have some pretty cool effects, um, not only for your taste buds, but also on mood as well.
1: Yeah. So over the years, we've, we've become chili pepper enthusiasts. And one of the reasons why I'm a chili pepper enthusiast is because of its effects on the TRPV1 channel. And this is basically the heat receptor. So when we consume chili peppers, there's a compound in it called capsaicin. Capsaicin binds to the TRPV1 receptor and actually produces a pain response. That's what we perceive as spiciness. But there is a few different ones. And specifically, the TRPV4 receptor seems to not necessarily respond to heat, like the TRPV1 receptor does, but it responds to uh, stress, mechanical stress. So for example, when our cells swell a little bit, TRPV4 receptors become activated. So they are mechanoreceptors, basically.
0: Can you give another example of mechanical receptors or or something mechanical that's changing in the body that would activate that particular pathway?
1: Yeah, so for example, uh, intraocular pressure, so pressure in your eye, that seems to activate TRPV4 receptors. And this is actually where I got one of the most important pieces of information. So in the eye, when eye pressure goes up, they see in individuals with high eye pressure that they also have high levels of melatonin in their eye.
0: So does this have any relationship to TRPV4?
1: Yeah. So when eye pressure goes up, the TRPV4 receptors get activated, and when this activation happens, it seems like the activity of an enzyme called ANAT, A-A-N-A-T, becomes upregulated. And for every anyone who's dug into melatonin and melatonin biosynthesis pathways, this probably rings a bell. So the ANAT enzyme converts serotonin into n acetylserotonin serotonin, and then N-acetyl serotonin can be converted into melatonin. However, this is the rate limiting step in melatonin production. So the higher anat activity is, the more melatonin gets produced. So it's very fascinating that TRPV4 receptor activation can actually enhance melatonin production. And I think this is where the sleep effects of andrographis are coming from, because one of the compounds in andrographis, bisandrographolide, is a selective and potent TRPV4 receptor agonist. And to be honest, this is maybe one of the first botanicals that I've come across that contains a selective and potent TRPV4 agonist. So I think... This kind of illustrated to me why andrographis is potentially so special, and not just because of sleep. So we'll get into it a little bit deeper. But as you may know, melatonin itself actually does a pretty good job of controlling inflammation and oxidation levels.
0: This is really interesting because I already knew that melatonin had benefits when it comes to regulating oxidation, but I wasn't aware of its benefits when it comes to regulating inflammation
1: yeah and to be honest this is kind of a new concept for me too and we have to look a little bit in the opposite direction first before we can answer this question about melatonin so let's actually talk a little bit about how inflammation comes about and how it gets ramped up in cells so under normal conditions and Inflammation mostly is coming from immune cells, so actually the immune system uses inflammation as a tool, and sometimes that gets taken out of context and then we have inflammation that is not desirable. So if we look at these immune cells, normally these immune cells need a source of energy, and that source of energy is derived through oxidative phosphorylation, which is abbreviated to Oxphos. So, under normal conditions, these cells are at a pretty low energy state, oxphos. But then, as inflammation ramps up, they do something weird. And this is loosely referred to as a glycolytic switch. So, basically, cells can reprogram themselves to, rather than depending on oxphos for energy, they can actually switch to aerobic glycolysis using glucose as an energy source. This means that these cells become much more energetic because using this glycolytic pathway, it's easier to generate ATP.
0: And we talked about ATP a lot in our last podcast, Tart Cherry. So I'm starting to see how the threads are coming together.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, in, in, biology and in the way the, b- the body works, ATP will keep coming up and up and up because it's the main driver of cellular function. But in this case, it's something weird is going on. So as we switch to this high energy state, these immune cells also produce more inflammation. And it seems that both andrographis and melatonin can prevent this glycolytic switch. So this brings up a really interesting concept because we always thought for inflammation regulating effects we would have to act directly on enzymes related to inflammation for example cyclooxygenase 2 cox 2 and andrographis certainly blocks cox 2 and this is where some of the inflammation regulating effects come from but i was reading a really interesting research paper that was reframing inflammation as potentially a metabolic disorder. So potentially how glucose is metabolized could influence inflammation. And andrographis hits on a lot of different metabolic pathways related to glucose. And apparently so does melatonin. One of the biggest factors that they both work on is hypoxia inducible factor alpha
0: you're gonna have to clarify what that means and what it's doing in the body because this is very new to me
1: yeah and actually it's a little bit new to me too so let me say that again it's actually hypoxia inducible factor one alpha not alpha one alpha so this is abbreviated to hif one and hif one Mediates some of this glycolytic switch and both andrographolide and melatonin appear to act on this mediator of the glycolytic switch and this means that both andrographolide and melatonin can prevent this glycolytic switch
0: okay so real quick before we continue in this really amazing technical conversation i'm sure you're all wondering does that mean that taking melatonin alongside andrographis is going to have more benefits than just andrographis by itself?
1: Yes. Uh, Very good insight there. I was hoping to get to that a little bit later, but let's just talk about it now. They both affect similar pathways, so there's certainly going to be a synergistic effect. However, remember what we were just talking about, through the TRPV4 channel, bisandrographolide from andrographis can actually speed up melatonin synthesis. So yes, taking andrographis and melatonin together would be synergistic, but what we can get at a little bit more here is that the inflammation regulating effect of andrographis might actually be mediated partially through melatonin. So this is where we are getting sleep-promoting effects from andrographis, which was a big surprise for me, as was finding this mechanism, but going further than just the sleep-promoting effect, it seems that by enhancing melatonin production andrographis can prevent this glycolytic switch, which gets further amplified by the fact that andrographolite from andrographis itself can already prevent this glycolytic switch. So the two together And they are always kind of together in the context of andrographis. Both work to tackle inflammation. And when we reframe it in this context, it makes a lot of sense that out of the probably 20 or 30 inflammation-regulating compounds that I have tried for prolonged periods of time at this point in time, andrographis really comes out on top. That's why we had a little bit of fun with our title, The King of Bitters, and the king of tackling inflammation. Because it really seems, it's taking such a multifaceted approach to inflammation, there's very little things that seem to be able to compete with it.
0: And it's pretty fascinating that it also seems to be very synergistic with a lot of other uh, familiar um, botanicals and things that people are used to taking to benefit sleep and kind of their daily life and, you know, habits and things that are important just for overall health, um, but maybe not so specific to oxidation or inflammation.
1: Yeah, and whenever we find a compound that acts through novel pathways that aren't really being done by other plants or extracts or compounds, the potential for a synergy starts going up and up and up. And actually, this is a great point to answer another question from Reddit. got some really good ones this time. So this question comes from reasonable underscore 8507 and their question is it looks like most research pairs this with Eulotherococcus centicoccus otherwise known as Siberian ginseng. Is that on the roadmap at all perhaps as a combination? So right off the bat we have actually looked at Eulothero. It's a very interesting one perhaps in the future we will carry an extract. But more importantly, let's look at the combination. So this combination was actually developed by the Swedish Herbal Institute, and they call it, I believe it's Jan King. And it's actually been used in Sweden for the last 30 years and appears to be really popular as a combination for immune function. And they did a really good amount of research on it and likely because of the really novel effects of andrographis it is very synergistic with a lot of different things and one of those is ulithero and in some research studies that I was looking at it seemed like as mono uh, plants they both had effects that completely changed when the two were together. And actually, some of the effects were being filtered out, and some of the effects, there were new effects popping up. So this doesn't necessarily mean that Andrographis needs to be combined with Eulothero, but there is some indication that there is good potential for synergy. But I believe because of the novel effects of Andrographis, the potential for synergy exists with a lot more compounds than just Eulothero, so this will be a very interesting next research project to look into. What kind of stacks can we develop with Andrographis that really help tease out some more interesting effects that already exist in Andrographis, but perhaps we can exploit them a little bit more, make them a little bit more pronounced. So speaking
0: of um, ways to exploit or make the beneficial effects of endografts more pronounced, I'm curious to go back to our conversation about um, melatonin, because um, knowing that melatonin and endografts are working together um, to tackle inflammation, I'm also curious about their effects on the respiratory system, because this is another really popular and common um, aspect of andrographis paniculata that was coming up in my research. So is melatonin having an effect on respiratory systems as well in its relationship to andrographis?
1: Yeah. And earlier I said, I found some groundbreaking things and I, I think this is it. So those TRPV4 receptors that we've been talking about are very widely expressed throughout our lungs. And that means that theoretically, if there's also some serotonin in our lungs, which there is, then this enhanced TRPV4 activity could actually enhance melatonin synthesis in the lungs. And because the lungs are a site where inflammation can be very damaging, it makes sense that melatonin plays a role here too.
0: Obviously, respiratory health is important all the time, um, but I think everyone can probably think of some really specific examples and recent examples in the last couple of years in which um, we're all a lot more concerned and aware of our respiratory systems and perhaps looking for ways to address um, inflammation and oxidation when it comes to respiratory systems. So how does andrographis act in these pathways?
1: Yeah, so because of these events that have transpired, there's been a lot of very recent research and one of these research studies was actually focusing on melatonin, showing that low melatonin levels in the lungs would be a risk factor for inflammation. So looking at this and then looking at the connection between andrographis and melatonin and the trpv4 receptors and the fact that trpv4 receptors are very uh, highly expressed in the lungs it stands to reason that some of these respiratory health effects that we see with andrographis and why andrographis is so popular might have a relationship with melatonin so basically using andrographis and relying on this bisandrographolite content and activating TRPV4 receptors, we might have a selective and targeted way of elevating melatonin levels in the lungs as a protective mechanism. And I think that this is where a lot of the respiratory health benefits are coming from. So if we go back to this glycolytic switch, and I actually forgot to mention this earlier, but this glycolytic switch is also called the Warburg effect. And this is an effect that's not often talked about. And actually, the Warburg effect is named after a researcher whose last name was Warburg. I forget his first name at this point. But this research he was doing in 1921 about the glycolytic switch and inflammation being related to this glycolytic switch. And this is actually the 100th anniversary of the Warburg effect. So I think it Uh, Not today, of course, but this year. It's 100 years ago when this effect was discovered. And I think the Warburg effect is actually very relevant again. So it's interesting to talk about and it's interesting to discover that there are two easily accessible botanicals and natural compounds that seem to have effects, positive effects, on the Warburg effect. So the Warburg effect, of course, is this glycolytic switch And when that is happening in the lungs, we can get a very rapid rise in inflammation and expression of cytokines. And this is not good. What's a cytokine? A cytokine is a compound actually that produces inflammation. Um, We can get into it quite deeply, but I think for the context of this podcast, let's just say cytokines are compounds that are released by immune cells that promote inflammatory responses so that makes sense not good um and it seems like andrographis potentially through its effects on melatonin but also the fact that andrographolide itself acts via hif1 alpha which we talked about earlier to have this to halt this glycolytic switch effect it seems like these two effects together are really what are enhancing respiratory function and to get back into maybe a little bit of a different effect it also seems that trpv4 receptor activation does a really cool thing called or it enhances something that is quite a new concept for me so ciliary beat So basically, the ciliary cells in your lungs act kind of as machinery to expel mucus. I'm very curious about this,
0: particularly because of the time of year and also because of, you know, recent world events that are going on.
1: Yeah. So actually, in one of the studies I was reading, they made a really good comparison and they were saying that the ciliary cells are kind of like a machine and then mucus is like the transport belt. So particulate matter gets stuck in this mucus transport belt, and then the ciliary cells, they move it around and they expel it. And this is a concept, like I said earlier, still a little bit new to me, but ciliary beat basically is describing how this process works and how the mucus can be expelled over and over to kinda keep the lungs clean. And it seems like TRPV4 receptor activation actually speeds up the frequency of the ciliary beat. And in addition to that, the TRPV4 activation actually seems to enhance the cellular barrier within the lungs. So actually being able to keep undesirable stuff out of the lungs, TRPV4 activation seems to help with that. Another thing that TRPV4 activation seems to help with, and this is not just in the lungs, but because there is such a high expression of TRPV4 receptors in the lungs, it's an interesting thing to touch on at this point in the podcast. And that's that TRPV4 receptor activation appears to cause pretty significant vasodilation. And within the lungs, that actually helps decrease Pressure in the lungs. And that's also a good thing.
0: Starting to think about what you were talking about earlier, which is related to andrographus and how it responds to mechanical things that are happening in cells. So, when you're talking about pressure within the lungs, is this a similar pathway? Are these related?
1: Yeah, actually. So, we we weren't necessarily talking about andrographus responding to pressure, but we were talking about what the actual function of the trpv4 receptor is so the the actual thing that the trpv4 receptor responds to is indeed pressure so you're probably remembering the intraocular pressure thing we were talking about Mm -hmm. so within this context we can also think that maybe this, these positive effects of TRPV4 receptor activation are actually a protective mechanism. So if we see pressure rise in the lungs, which is not really a great thing, or pressure rising in the eyes, which is also not a very desirable thing, then TRPV4 channels get activated and protection mechanisms start kicking in. But with andrographis and bisandrographolide, we don't ever have to get to this state of pressure, intraocular pressure, or, or lung pressure, or any of these undesirable mechano pressures in the body. But we can still achieve a similar protective effect. So basically, by activating the TRPV4 receptors, we can trick our body into thinking there is pressure even though there isn't.
0: Oh, so you're kind of circumventing that natural response from those immune cells because andrographis is doing something similar.
1: Yeah, so basically just kind of mimicking the pressure without there being pressure. So we still get those protective effects, even though we don't first have to get into a state where potentially there's damage. So kind of a, an, an interesting and, and quite a smart way perhaps to promote lung function and, and also even just... Um, blood flow and things like that because like i was saying the trpv4 receptors are not only expressed in the lungs they're also expressed in the brain so this could potentially cause some vasodilation in the brain more blood flow in the brain that could enhance cognitive function and actually i won't go into it all too much in this uh podcast but certainly TRPV4 activation probably has some interesting cognitive effects. So if we're talking about the ANAT enzyme, we're getting production of N-acetyl serotonin, which is being elevated, because that's the thing that the ANAT enzyme does. It turns serotonin into N-acetyl serotonin. And if you're interested in N-acetyl serotonin, definitely look into this compound, because it has some really interesting effects on BDNF and neuroplasticity. And I feel like it's a, maybe a bit of a stretch at this point to really get into that too much. I haven't done enough research there, but I think there might be some interesting mood effects that are related to this anode enzyme and TRPV4 activity. And actually, it has been shown that andrographis has mood-elevating effects, so it could be because of this pathway.
0: And now I'm starting to think about what kinds of effect inflammation and oxidation have on mood Um, so this is something that we can kind of have a follow-up discussion with too perhaps in a reddit thread Um, if any of you are curious about these specific pathways and mechanisms that we're talking about and you want to get a little deeper and get into some more research um, just a friendly reminder you can always post um, on our subreddit that's the Nootropics Depot subreddit, and we'd love to discuss these more with you, and it'll help shape um, future episodes of In Search of Insight. But let's not get too sidetracked. Let's head back to Andrographis and talk about um, what's next. I think now is a great time to read a couple more questions that'll lead us into some different material that we have to discover with Andrographis.
1: Yeah, and actually, maybe right before we jump into those questions, because there are some really good remaining questions. I think now that we're on the topic of lungs and respiratory function, and we've kind of discussed inflammation already, uh, one of the other big things of andrographis is that it obviously has very pronounced uh, immune-promoting effects. And this is what it is traditionally used for a lot, too. Unfortunately due to some of the mechanisms by which andrographis works to promote uh, immune function, we can't really discuss the specifics here, because this will include some language that is not FDA compliant. So I won't get into it too much. But one thing I will mention is that andrographis works on replication mechanisms on things that we don't want in our body. So it helps kind of slow down these replication mechanisms and that should help enhance overall immune function and our resistance to potential um stressors in the environment mm. but to be honest that's really all we can say about it uh, otherwise we're going to veer into territory that is not appropriate to discuss on this podcast all right so now let's jump into some more reddit questions
0: cool okay so hormesis asks What surprised you most about andrographis? To put it in another way, what qualities does it possess that not many people seem to know about? I'm trying to wrap my head around its main use, whether it's for immune boosting, longevity, performance, etc. Emil, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so everything about andrographis surprises me. It's a fascinating plant and I think the TRPV4 effects are very interesting and I haven't really seen that in any other botanicals, so that's one of the main surprising factors for me. But there are also a whole lot of other surprising effects behind andrographis. For example, andrographis seems to have an effect on hair growth. Uh, It seems to have an effect on skin function through TRPV4 receptors. and. It appears to even have some effects on sexual function. And I believe this was another Reddit question, right, Erica?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, Solo the Sensei asked Are there any interesting studies on Andrographis besides the general use case for immunity and inflammation? I remember seeing a study on sexual function and was wondering if there have been any reports of benefits in that regard. So, Emil, what say ye?
1: Yeah, so. This was one of those things that was surprising to me as well. When I read the question, I thought, huh, that, that's really not one I have seen yet. And indeed, there is a study that is looking at this effect. And in that study, I found something interesting that I didn't really know about andrographis yet. Andrographis seems to significantly promote testosterone levels. And recently, when we released Tonga Dali and Sustange, it's been a very popular product for this exact reason. And I've been taking both of these myself and I've been taking Androgaphis. So it's interesting to me that all of these different ones can help enhance testosterone production. But it was surprising to me that Androgaphis was doing this too. It doesn't really seem like a classical supplement that people have talked about for testosterone production even though it has been around for such a long time and it is so widely used. In addition to the testosterone-promoting effects, which seem to be enhancing sexual function, uh, the same research study was looking at adrenergic functioning uh, and how this might affect blood flow to penile tissue. So this is where the potential erectile... Uh, enhancement I guess boner pills <laughs> oh yeah so if, if anyone is a, a longtime reader of examine.com uh, maybe you'll get this joke they would send emails of their boner pill updates so basically supplements that pretty much did nothing except give you a boner andrograph is luckily is not one of those supplements but <laughs> oh, it's kind of an added bonus you get all of these cool effects and it's potentially a good erectile function improver so in this same study they were saying that in a research study they did looking specifically at alpha-1 adrenergic receptor antagonism in participants that received these alpha-1 adrenergic antagonists, they reported self-perceived sense of sexual satisfaction was significantly improved from baseline. So if andrographis is working through the same mechanism and there seems to be some indication that there is, this could be underlying the sexual function benefits of andrographis, which is really cool.
0: Absolutely. Immune function, inflammation, oxidation, sexual function, sleep benefits. Sounds like a good, a good realm to be in, especially, you know, during this time of year, stress of the holidays, um, you know, current world events. I think andrographis is definitely one of the more exciting uh, botanicals that I've done research on as well.
1: Yeah. And I think we have actually one more question from Reddit, which is to me also actually a very interesting effect. Erica, you want to read this question?
0: Let's do it. So Ziatris asks, how exactly is Andrographis paniculata stimulating? How does that compare to other stimulants such as caffeine, for example, and could Andrographis paniculata potentially be used as a focus aid when off caffeine?
1: Yeah, so this is a really interesting question, and I don't actually think Andrographis itself is stimulating. yet. I do understand where this question comes from. So actually, one of the first times I tried andrographis and a few people around the office, we also noticed a slightly wakefulness-promoting effect, which is really interesting. But it doesn't really seem to be classically stimulating, and I tried looking for pathways in which potentially it it might be increasing locomotion or something like that in research animals and I I was coming up kind of dry. But in my research for the question about sleep, I came across an interesting aspect of andrographis. It blocks the activity of the NLP3 or NLPR3 uh, inflammasome. And this seems to be really involved in sleep deprivation. So during sleep deprivation the activity of the NLPR3 inflammasone goes way up and this seems to maybe underlie some of the cognitive deficits due to sleep deprivation, some of the tiredness throughout the day, potentially some inflammation in that joins, potentially some difficulty getting to bed. So, andrographis affects this positively by blocking NLPR3 inflammasone activity, so potentially through this activity andrographis is is potentially not stimulating but it might be offsetting the effects of sleep deprivation so that is something to keep in mind with many different supplements sometimes potentially it feels like it has a stimulating effect but all it is really doing is offsetting the negative effects of sleep deprivation allowing you to kind of Get back to a normal baseline, which in a very tired state might actually feel a little a little bit stimulating.
0: And that makes sense because when it comes to focus, sleep deprivation is something that can really get in the way of your ability to, you know, focus hard on a task. So even though Andrographism might not be specifically stimulating, if you are a bit sleep deprived, um, a lot of us are you might notice that this benefit that you're experiencing does help you focus, even though it's not happening in the same route that you experience through the stimulation from caffeine or, you know, subroxy perhaps.
1: Yeah, so this brings up a a good point. While it probably can't substitute for caffeine, it will probably make caffeine more effective because a lot of us obviously use caffeine to offset the effects of minor sleep deprivation to kind of wake ourselves up in the morning or to get us over that afternoon slump. But in that context, potentially a little bit of andrographis will help you get back to a more normal baseline. And then when you add in caffeine, you need a lower dose of caffeine to get the focus enhancement and energy mood enhancement effects of caffeine rather than relying on caffeine to get you back to that baseline and then having to actually supplement or drink more coffee way above the baseline, which then gets you into jitter territory, which is not great. So potentially actually the the combination of andrographis and caffeine would be interesting to look at.
0: Or other stimulating compounds for that matter.
1: Or other stimulating compounds for that matter. But of course, caffeine has a very specific effect on how we perceive tiredness. So in that sense, Caffeine is a very good stimulating compound specifically for um, promoting wakefulness, but you can obviously also use other stimulating compounds if you're a little bit sensitive to caffeine, for example, a slightly lower dose of Subroxy. Um, in fact, I drink coffee every day, but sometimes I'll take Subroxy in the morning and it can actually substitute relatively well to a certain degree for caffeine.
0: Cool. So now we have a lot of different ideas for you know, synergistic compounds that would go well with andrographis, um, talking about potentially stimulating effects or just overall um, focus-enhancing effects of andrographis because of its effects on uh, sleep deprivation. We also talked about um, Siberian ginseng in the beginning of the podcast. Um, we talked about combining andrographis with melatonin, Are there any other notable or exciting combinations that you would suggest um, to take alongside Andrographis?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So because of its unique pharmacological effects, you can definitely combine it with a lot of different um, plant extracts and compounds. But of course, we can focus on some specific goals. So I think, like Erica was saying, a really good stack would simply be andrographis and melatonin together just to further enhance that melatonin effect. Um, I also find that andrographis is a fantastic compound for controlling inflammation and so is curcumin. I personally take the two together just because they work through slightly different pathways and curcumin has some effects that I'm missing a little bit in andrographis perhaps. So combining them really makes for a good overall um, inflammation stack and i think if we're looking at the trpv4 receptor activity it will also go well with potentially endocannabinoid type compounds so the cannabinoid system is also highly linked to these vanilloid uh, receptors so potentially taking um, Andrographis alongside something like ethanolamide, which is an endogenous cannabinoid, or even oleamide, could prove to have very interesting effects. And on that note, I think because cava uh, has some mild cannabinoid-like activity, that could be a good stack as well. So I think now we're getting into... Well, we talked about inflammation and what we didn't necessarily hit on is pain management but inflammation and pain obviously go hand in hand so andrographis is a fantastic supplement to utilize for pain specifically inflammation based pain but with that in mind it goes really well with other uh, pain management supplements like palmitoyl ethanolamide and since palmitoyl ethanolamide and oleamide and some of those other ones have endocannabinoid type effects And because the vanilloid receptors seem to be involved there too, taking it all together likely makes for a very comprehensive and rounded um, pain management, inflammation, joint health control stack. And if, like me, you are also very into chili peppers and capsaicin and things like that, actually adding in some capsaicin would be interesting since capsaicin interacts with TRPV1 receptors in the same family as the TRPV4 receptors, and both of these receptors also have an effect on pain, so the combination of capsaicin and andrographis would be really interesting. Another combination that I can think of when we're talking about the glycolytic switch, we're also talking about glucose metabolism. So just for overall metabolic health I think andrographis is a very interesting supplement and with that in mind I think a really good combination would be um, andrographis with berberine since berberine has such fantastic effects on metabolic health and specifically glucose metabolism so the two together will probably work quite well because when we're talking about glucose metabolism issues we're sometimes also talking about inflammatory issues so controlling overall metabolic health and glucose metabolism with these two might be a very targeted and quick solution for just ensuring overall general health.
0: Wow, that's a lot of things to consider and to potentially combine uh, for a stack with Andrographis. Um, thanks so much for all of your questions, by the way. We really love interacting with you on the New Tropics Depot subreddit, and your questions gave us lots of awesome material to discover, and to really dig into with research, and led us down paths that we certainly would not have found without your involvement and without your insight. So thank you for being a part of uh, this second episode of In Search of Insight. And we really hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, If you have suggestions, if you have more questions about this episode or future episodes, um, make a post. Let us know. Um, You can tag us. Again, I am Erica, your host, Nootropics Depot Guru on Reddit. And sitting next to me is Emil, pretty chill, product specialist, um, and just overall big brain here on the In Search of Insight podcast. Thanks again for listening. We're so excited to keep sharing more information with you. And I'll sign off for now. Emil might have some closing words. But keep listening, keep asking, keep digging in, and we'll see you on Reddit.
1: Yeah, my closing remark is just stay curious, keep researching, and keep those questions coming because we base a lot of what we do on feedback that we get from all of you without real world experiences and questions and suggestions we lose an aspect of our product development i think that makes us really special and that's that we are a very human brand we listen to people we make products for ourselves and we make products for you so the more feedback and questions and research directions we can go in the more interesting products we can bring out in the future
0: And the more fun we can have on In Search of Insight.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: See ya.